Chapter 25 Bill raced through the door, clutching a weathered, oversized envelope, which clearly read, Bill Finkel, you must read this first. Well, I'll be damned. Bill had sighed upon finding it, ripping open the envelope and scanning the letter inside with narrowed eyes in the dim light of the dilapidated woodshop. The typed print of the paper faded and stained. Bill, come to me at once. Coordinates below. Be wary. P. That was it. After all of this entry, a note with a curt summons and a series of coordinates scrawled by hand beneath. No explanation about his uncle's elaborately staged death. No thoughts on the unhinged neighbor stalking him through time. No hints on how to operate the damn clock. Zilch. Nada. There seemed to be no more answers forthcoming until he found his uncle. If he found his uncle. Deciding on the frantic drive home that he needed his wife for this mission and would simply have to admit to himself that maybe future Bill was untrustworthy as well. Marcy, you won't believe this! We gotta get the hell out of Dodge! Marcy! The house was eerily still and silent, his voice echoing through the empty rooms. He found Poot shivering under the bed and coaxed her out with a treat continuing to fruitlessly call for Marcy at disparate volumes and levels of plaintiveness as he swept each room, finally landing with a defeated sigh on the couch with the dog reaching for the TV remote. It was then he saw the note in Marcy's typewriter. Bill, I'm leaving you. Don't try and find me. I need time. Marcy, it read. His heart sank transitioning rapidly from sadness to anger, from anger to confusion. He rushed to the bedroom and found the one good suitcase missing as well, then sulked righteously for a number of wasted minutes, gazing plaintively around their bedroom at the tokens of a love now lost, his gaze eventually falling upon his wife's toothbrush, still in its protective sheath on the rim of the sink, then her retainer still bedside, with her hair vitamins in her pill divider, and realized this wasn't like his Marcy at all. The Marcy he knew enjoyed exacting her own special brand of revenge. He knew it by rote, a prolonged silent treatment during which Bill had to perform various feats of contrition, followed by a delicious pot roast forgiveness feast, sometimes a hand job. Marcy might be many things, but she wasn't a quitter, and that included grudges, personal slights, and vengeance. He had a sinking feeling the neighbors had stolen his wife. There was a quiet knock at the front door, and Bill jumped up, hopeful he was wrong, that it would be Marcy, suitcase in hand, a plausible explanation for her subterfuge, but he opened the door to Jim. Bill's face fell, his foot kicking out to block Poot, barking and lunging ferociously from behind him, ordering sternly, down Poot, before stepping onto the porch and shutting the door behind him. Hey, Jim. Hey, Bill, Jim replied, crossing his arms and shaking his head sadly. Look, buddy, I'm so sorry about what's happened. 
marriage. Grr. Yeah, about that. Did you happen to see Marcy leave? She left a note saying she was leaving me and she took our one good suitcase. But it's odd she didn't take her car. Don't you think that's odd? Bill watched Jim's face carefully for his reaction. Jim pressed his lips together, thinking a beat before replying. You know, now that you say that, it is odd. But yeah, we saw her go. I mean, Alice saw her leave. Alice said she ran out and tried to stop her, but Marcy shrugged her off, said she'd had enough and needed some time. That's a bummer, man. Did she have someone pick her up? Bill pried as Jim's insincere smile fell for just a moment before recovering his composure, adding smoothly, Nope. She walked to the bus stop with just a rolling suitcase. Very poignant, I'd say. That's all we know. I think you should just move on, Bill, honestly. Go on with your life. Marcy wasn't any prize, you know. You could do better, we've always said. Who's always said, Jesus, Jim, Marcy's my wife. She just left. It's going to take some time to process all of this. And if I'm being honest, it just doesn't seem in character for her, you know? Jim awkwardly clapped Bill's shoulder. It doesn't? I think it does. But tomato, tomato, I guess. I just wanted you to know Alice and I are here for you. Whatever you need. I know you aren't particularly close to your family, are you? I mean, I know there's a brother somewhere and your deceased uncle, uh, Phineas, was it? I remember that because it's such an odd name, obviously, but it's, it's not like you can talk to him, can you? Or could you? Because we were thinking maybe you could. Maybe if, say, you recalled a specific time point that you'd been with him in the past that we could find together, of course I'd help with this. You'll need someone to help now that Marcy's gone. I mean, it's unsafe to travel alone. Too easy to get stranded, as you know. But I guess you could talk to any of your deceased relatives that way. I mean, if you want it is all I meant. I could help anytime. But right now, the important thing is you're not alone. We're here for you. Right across the street. Always watching out for you, buddy. Thanks, Jim. Bill nodded sadly, having decided his immediate course of action should be one of caution, as it became apparent his neighbors were far more dangerous than he could have ever imagined. He needed to play along until he could gain access to their house and search for Marcy himself. I think I'm just gonna sit this one out for a while and try to focus on moving on. Good man. Well, I've got to get back across the road anyway, Jim announced after several moments of awkward silence. We've got the Morrisons coming for dinner in a bit. Think about that dead uncle thing, though, he shouted over his shoulder as he went. Bill slammed the door closed, his heart racing, and immediately began scanning the corners of each room for clues he may have missed before. Under the dining room table, he found a third of a suspicious home-baked good crumbled into the carpet that he didn't recognize. Marcy only made pies. A tentative nibble confirmed it as cookie or cookie bar. Beside him, Poot caught the trail of crumbs leading from the dining room to the entryway and out the front door. The tasty yet dry texture implicating one Alice Sanders as its creator. 
overheard two nights ago at their cabin bragging about swapping applesauce for oil to reduce Jim's cholesterol, despite his penchant for chocolate chip cookies. Bill now knew three things. His dead uncle was alive. His wife had been lured with cookies and kidnapped by his neighbors. And those neighbors were not at all who he'd thought. But then, they never are.